0: welcome inside the crazy ant farm man how are you hi i'm happy to be at the crazy ant farm um i love ants so, <laughs> so i'm looking really
1: forward to seeing <laughs> more fantastic well we're the craziest kind so i hope, I hope you're exactly. ready exactly <laughs>
2: already one of our favorites already one of our favorites
1: man we are super excited to talk to you and have you on the show so much i mean two huge kind of big deals like uh, most recently you know the gray man and then amsterdam i mean to t- talk about two solid casts and two solid movies that you're involved in that's awesome um and the history about how you kind of got started that's going to be really interesting to t- talk about so i mean we've got we've got a lot to do um yes, what we like to do though is kind of just give you a little introduction to the fans who might not be familiar with how you are or who you are um let's talk about how you got started in the industry was it something that you kind of always knew that you wanted to do or or did you kind of fall into it? Because I, yeah, we we think that there might be a like a Laker that had a little something to do with that, right? Is that right?
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a little twist in my story because yeah, uh, I did think about it when I was you know when I was a kid. I, I wanted to be a rock star. I wanted to have a, a, a rock and roll band, and, and I started a band called Army of Darkness. We were playing uh, heavy metal music mixed with progressive rock, that I was hugely influenced by at the time. Uh, but when I was 17, our our band uh, uh, just broke, you know, broke, broke, broke up, yeah. and um, didn't know what to do with my life. So the label asked me to write some some reviews for them, and I started writing. I started working as a as a writer. I didn't want to compromise myself as a as a music lover, to write about pop music or to write about music I'm not a uh, disco music that I'm not passionate about, and I couldn't support myself from just writing about classic rock music or, or indie rock music. And so um, another hobby I had as a kid was uh, was soccer. So I started writing about soccer, and then because uh, basketball started getting some popularity in in Poland, and I liked basketball, uh, I learn how to love it later, Uh, I started being like an an NBA expert and they started sending me to the United States uh, to cover NBA games to to work on that that field. I was 19 when I first came, met Kobe Bryant, who later was influential in me, kind of uh, turning my tide back to what I was, I think, born to do
1: fantastic yeah so that that's interesting so what was the first time like in the states was it was it like is that was that quite the culture shock for you or like was it like okay I'm this gonna, is all in
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna give you one story I hope I'm not gonna get arrested it's the <laughs> but I had my my past because it was an all-star weekend in Madison Square Garden in New York I had my past as a media member but I was 19 at the time and uh I think Mexican and Spanish TV reporters
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, took me with them to a Flash Dancers Club. Oh. <laughs> and they didn't check my ID, and I was 19, but oh. I did get it because I had the pass, right? So so I did get it. Yeah, hopefully I'm not going to get into trouble. No. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> well, that's quite the first experience. Welcome to America.
0: <laughs> that was my first experience. That was literally my second day in the United States. Uh, well, hey, uh, that's a
1: story to tell right there, right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) On my third day, I think I went to a concert and I saw Stevie Wonder playing live. And then I went to a bunch of different events in New York and I was absolutely overwhelmed. Oh, no, actually, you know what? My first experience was my friend picked me up from the airport. He took me to the second street in New York to an Indian restaurant. Mm. And for the first time in my life, I had food so spicy that i started choking after three minutes so
1: yeah. <laughs> that was my first experience at United
2: States. That's awesome. Hilarious! i love that though i love that and i'm curious how did you get started into acting itself what did you have like a mutual friend who is also acting and said oh this could actually be a career or did you just kind of stumble upon a casting call or how did that go about
0: so, you know, I advanced pretty quickly in sports writing. I was mm-hmm. 20, I was already fully employed. I, that's why I never graduated from college, because they were sending me all over the world. And I, I kept pushing my exams, pushing my exams. But, you know, my contracts my uh, and and other income from, from, for example, being collaborating with Playboy, collaborating with BBC, uh, was substantial. Mm-hmm. So I made a decision to fully focus on that when I was 20, 21, 22, 23. And I kept going, kept going. I worked as a reporter, traveled all around the world. I was always two, three times in the United States every year. Um, and then I think I was 28 when I accepted a job from the biggest publishing company in Poland who were starting a new project, a new newspaper. Mm. And they gave me a really good contract. And I went there. And after three months, they decided that the, you know, the sales are not as good as they anticipated. And they will get rid of this one uh, publication that doesn't generate much uh, income. Mm-hmm. So pretty much from day to day, they told everybody they're closing the shop, and they gave me six months in advance uh, uh, of my of my uh, salary. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I got myself a nice new apartment in uh, in Warsaw, which is the capital of Poland. I partially grew up in Germany, but in Polish family. Then I went went back to Poland, and that's where I was working in my twenties. So I was 28. I remember, you know, kind of shocked leaving the the publishing company and the building the headquarters and and like thinking okay for the last eight years i was working non-stop i was traveling all around the world i pretty much focused just on that right take some time off for myself and on the way out i saw they had a collection of 25 best movies of all time mm. so i grabbed that collection i ordered a home um, a home cinema system mm-hmm. They installed it in my apartment and I took a week off and I started watching movies for the first <laughs> time in my life, because I was never into movies, you know, it's like all my friends wanted to go to movies. I wanted to go to concerts or, or games uh, or play sports or whatever. Right. And I was never into going into movies. You know, whenever a girl wanted me to take her to movies, that was our last date. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then I'm, here I am 28 and I started watching, I remember Goodfellas.
1: No. Yeah. If somebody
0: told me back then, when I was on that couch, not knowing anything about movies, not knowing anything about acting, that 15 years later I'm gonna work with Robert De Niro, I would think that person is crazy. Yeah, but pretty much. I was in a certain well, like because because that some some period of my life has just ended, and I was in the kind of a transitional mode where I was looking for my next challenge. Mm-hmm. And somehow, in that moment, I got that bug into movie making. And at first I thought, because of my writing experience, I'm going to be a screenwriter. Right. So when I came to Los Angeles, just for a few weeks to look around, I was thinking this will be my path. But then I went to see Al Pacino live in a Salome in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. in, a, in a theater, in a play, with an unknown actress at that time named Jessica Chastain. Oh, yeah after seeing that step by step it started growing me that maybe to be a better screenwriter i should take some acting classes to understand Mm. the process and once i started taking acting classes when i moved to los angeles in 2008 i'll tell you uh, what what was it inspired by then i decided this is what i want to do but it wasn't right away it was growing in me substantially like even in my early years living here i was still going to games i was still working a little bit as a writer But then I did some stand-up comedy, then I started working at the comedy store for a few years, and then I knew that this is what I need to do. Oh,
2: wow. Wow. I mean, that is very interesting to see how your path progressed. And I mean, you know, a lot of different things to unpack there, especially Mm -hmm. with the whole, you know, wanting to be a writer, but it also might help to take some acting classes. Because I hear a lot of different people who are really famous actors say that, you know Their actual aspirations are being a director, being a producer. One that comes to mind to me is uh, Jonah Hill. He got into acting. That me. That yeah, me. <laughs> exactly. He got into acting because he wanted to be a director and he wanted to be an actor's director. So he knew how to talk to them and knew how to direct them in each way. So I love that because there's all these different learning techniques in the entertainment industry that you can keep yourself evolving, which I think you're so brilliant at you know, picking up this craft to try to learn different things about the industry.
1: Well, and and it's always interesting to hear people's paths also and how much chance or fate has to do with it, mm-hmm. right? Like you're, you're on your way out of the job. You have no idea what you're doing. You just know you're going to take some break. You're going to do some personal time. And here's this thing. Twenty-five greatest movies. It's just a random thing that happens to be there that changes the course of your life, and that that's so amazing to me sometimes. How it's just so random. You don't realize yeah. this this thing. I'm going to grab these, and we're going to go home and start watching movies, and it's going to change my life. That's so amazing to me to like to like to hear how people get there. Right.
0: I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the second part of that of that like a moment like a hurrah moment you know like uh, Eureka moment more mm-hmm. I would say. So when I came here for three weeks in 2007, and I knew Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. over the years of covering the NBA, we had a very nice, friendly relationship. Then it became, I would say, even more than friendly for, for a while. And, and it was, he was almost like a mentor to me eventually. Mm. I remember uh, I was already thinking about changing my life. And listen, I was 30 years old. I had a very good, stable life, very good, stable career. It was a huge risk to take. Oh, for sure. Um, to move, to change everything completely, especially that I, just, I was very comfortable in my big new apartment, just watching movies. I didn't have to work that much. I was working partially for television. I could do some broadcasting and, and, and collect paychecks and I, I'll be fine for the next 30, 40 years. But I came here and, and it was, this, this thought was growing that this is the challenge, this is the challenge. And I asked Kobe for advice. It was after the game against Seattle Supersonics, uh, Kevin Durant's uh, rookie season. He played for the Supersonics. And we are walking from the locker room to the parking lot in the old Staples Center, which is quite a walk. It's like 10, 12-minute walk. Mm -hmm. I asked Kobe, if you can give me an advice. He's like, sure. Um, So I have a stable career, career, stable life, and I can continue to do that. Or should I take a big risk and move here and start in show? and he said what is your heart telling you mm. i said my heart is telling me to try he said always follow your heart mm. and i did like literally that conversation was like it made a decision really mm-hmm. cuz i was torn i was 50-50 that conversation made me made me decide to do that that oh. well, yeah I love
2: that. I mean, he is so inspirational in so many different people's lives and especially mine as well. Um, So I mean, just to hear that, just hear, you know, firsthand experience on a conversation and how he was and just how, you know, inspiring he was just to a single person. He's not even, you know, trying to present himself to the mass audiences. He's talking to you one on one. And I can imagine that was a very special feeling.
0: Yeah, and, and at, at the time it was a little bit of a different different ball game because like those seasons when the Lakers were playing three straight finals, I was still at almost every game. I was, and they didn't allow that much media into the locker room. It was only like, right. twenty people, max. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. games. We were all very friendly. Be, we we developed friendships. I, w- I had a lot of friends on that team, to the point where where I first moved and and I've, i started in acting but i did my first steps i remember i was a featured extra in valentine's day when the movie came out the, the guys from the lakers team that were at the time i think that it was nba finals they were like oh martin we all show you you know a, <laughs> a lot more than all those guys you know that was that, that was funny and and when i finally ended up doing a a small role on the Lakers show, directed by Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, the first comment when I posted it on my, on my Instagram account was from Sasha Vujicic, and a very nice comment, by the way. yeah. yeah. So- yeah. I love
2: that. I mean, there's so many different aspects and it's kind of full circle. You know, you come in mm-hmm. and being on winning time for HBO Max because I feel like, you know, it's starting with Kobe and then you actually ending up on that show in L.A. I feel like, like I said, it's very much full circle. And I can imagine it's kind of like a out of body experience, right, because you see <sighs> like where you have basically started over because that's what you did. You started your whole life over and you're making it happen and that's what i think you know the podcast is built for the up and comers trying to break into the entertainment industry and we really want to press that little point is no matter what you're doing now if you don't feel like it's right it's okay to completely press that restart button and you can make it happen as long as you're making yourself happy and that's what it's
1: all about and 100% and, and you I- know what No, sometimes it just takes that person, right? Like if you're having that self doubt, you know this is what you want, but you're still kind of like, "Hey, I can do maybe this and be okay, and I'm comfortable." And sometimes it just takes that one person to say, "You can do it. Follow your heart. You can do it," and it just somehow makes all that doubt go away. And you know, like you know what? I think so, and this person thinks so, so I can go do that. And and sometimes that's just that one little person of encouragement saying, "Go for it." That's all I, it takes.
0: One hundred percent, and it goes both ways because whenever I hear stories, and I'll tell you this: so when I, my first school was Stella Adler Academy, mm-hmm. then I was in the Really Huge Playhouse. So from Stella Adler Academy, from my entire year, I would say only me and another guy are still full-time working actors. Oh wow! And more of a stunt guy. Mm-hmm. Most of those people quit, and some of them, at the time, it felt like they were more talented or at least more advanced than i was mm-hmm. and i believe like it's very important who you listen to and we're you know that that can that can has a that can have a big impact on your path because whenever i sometimes speak to people who quit acting they, they often give me the same kind of an answer like oh friends were laughing at me oh people were saying that i'm no good people were saying that i'm not progressing enough that you know that i should that i should Get a job, and and it's usually that, right? So that somebody tells them something that discourages them from continuing that path.
2: Exactly. But if you have
0: someone who encourages you, and your will to really do it is strong, then then that pushes you over the edge
2: for sure. And I feel like a lot of people nowadays, you know, they want that instant gratification, they want to be an instantaneous star. But this industry specifically is a very slow burn type of industry. It's for the people who love the process, because you're not going to be that overnight star. That person who you just found out about like yesterday, yeah, they've been doing it for about (laughs) 10 years. So I mean, it's those types of situations. to you know, it's not for the fame or the money, it's for the art and the love of the craft and that's what we try to preach to our audience because you know if you're getting into this for the wrong reasons you're going to be very unhappy and you got to figure out what makes you happy but if you love the passion if you love just that little tiny millisecond of being in the room with somebody else that you've seen on tv or in a movie like if that will make your whole entire year then you're in the right industry and i'm sure you've had a lot of those instances 100%, 100%
0: on both ends. For me, um, a very big uh, part of the experience was, and I think almost like a transitional mode that I was in between my old life and present life was when I decided to, to work at the comedy store. When I worked at the comedy store for three years, I've seen all the... A uh, great, all the bad, mm-hmm. and all the ugly at the same I time. Bet. <laughs> wonderful place. Wonderful people. Extremely talented people, but also struggling people. People mm-hmm. with mental health issues. You know. yeah Right. A bunch of people I knew committed suicides when mm-hmm. I was since, at the time when I was there, including Brody Stevens, who was one of the most lovely human beings I can remember. And, and, and you, you understand like that people are at at the vulnerable, vulnerable place often.
2: Most definitely, and I mean, um, we uh, we actually try to talk about mental health a lot on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I mean, with it being an industry like this, where you know there is the highs, uh, the high of the highs and the low of the lows, how do you keep your mental health in check and stay positive and stay moving forward?
0: Yeah, it's important to have you know good good support system, friends that are like yeah, cool friends, uh, other friend actors who you know who who give you that affirmation and you give them that affirmation. That mm-hmm. is very important.
1: Yep. And to remind each other, you know, we've had several guests on and we've kind of adapted this as well as that instead of looking at it as an industry built on rejection, which so many people think, right? Like if you don't get the role and you didn't get that and it doesn't, that you're being rejected. But, but we now look at it as it's an industry built on selection. You weren't rejected that time. You just weren't selected. It doesn't mean that you didn't do a great job. It doesn't mean you're not a good actor. It doesn't mean you're not worthy. Just means at that particular day, at that particular time, that's not what they were looking for, but you're going to be what they're looking for at some point. And if you can keep it, it, an aspect like that, it's it's I just it's selection, not rejection. I think that goes a long way with keeping the positivity and the and the outlook of this is what I do for a living, and it's all going to be okay, right?
0: Yeah, and and it's important to work on your skill set, and and that also comes from me watching Kobe. He always worked on his skill set, even when he was the best player in the game. Yep. Uh, whenever I can learn another language, and I and I can speak eight, and that helps me a lot in getting roles, especially voiceover wow. roles. Over wow. Wow. For sure. So, so whenever I can add, like I'm learning Spanish right now, because you know a friend told me that there are you know a, a lot of people in South America that look just like me in <laughs> Cuba or Argentina, and I can get those roles. Right. So I don't have to. It's not as I don't have to look st- like a stereotypical a Latino macho guy, right? Right. Exactly. To get some roles potentially that you know are for like brazilian people that look just like me mm-hmm. so i started learning uh learning spanish and i i, I want to continue to develop different skills i asked my friend of mine with whom i went to beverly hills playhouse who became a very um uh successful stunt guy mm-hmm. i asked him next time you're in town please take me to to the place where you guys train i wanna i wanna pick up some basic knowledge of of stunt work and then you know do my own stunts at least yeah so So there's always a way to improve, you know, like whenever I hear from actors uh, that they just sit at home and complain, that's not that's not going to get you anywhere. Mm No, no.
1: And if you ever get to that level where you think there isn't something for you to still learn, you're done. I mean, uh, right. You you always have to keep growing. You always have to keep learning. And you must be doing something right, because I'm just going to say, when you land in a project that's got names like De Niro and John David Washington and Margot Robbie (laughs) and Christian Bale. You're doing pretty good. I mean, that that's a solid A-list cast right there that you've kind of joined and become into with Amsterdam. Talk about that a little bit. I know you briefly touched on, oh, wow, if you had told me I'm going to be working with De Niro after watching him all those years ago and everything. Talk about that process and the casting process and what it's like to work on a scale that large with, with a cast like that.
0: I'll give you a little bit of a, a, a pre-talk, you know, what, what led to that. So um, right before pandemic, I think I was... a uh... On a very good run because I just did Red Notice. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. on the last day before pandemic, I was flying to Los Angeles where when they were closing everything, and a, a driver who picked me up from the airport took me straight to uh, to a grocery store where there was almost nothing left. Oh wow! Well, so, so I remember, you know, like I I got into pandemic pretty much in a in a shock mode, where it's like, oh, I was on set and now nothing is happening, and then right. right before that, I did a Black Lighting, I did NCISLA, I did lead on an indie film and and worked on the voiceover on on black widow so i was working on stuff and i was getting into a rhythm and now uh, everything is shut down right so i maybe took a a week off and then i just started started working you know started going on all zoom uh, casting calls all like groups between actors uh, working on, on on languages working on this working on that i did uh, another Call of Duty from home where they send me the equipment and I was recording it from home. So I never stopped really working during the pandemic and I saw that, you know, a lot of my friend actors didn't do anything in 2020. Right. They were just sitting on the couch, collecting yeah. unemployment. There's nothing wrong about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not judging. I'm absolutely not judging. <laughs> I felt like this is the moment for me to actually take a step forward, mm. you know? Yeah. To take a step forward because it's almost like like in this film with Adam Sandler, where you put the pause button, everybody's paused. Yep. <laughs> you can keep working, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so, so I knew that once it start, it will start opening up. I felt ready to jump right away. And Amsterdam happened by accident, but right after Amsterdam, I did recurring on Stranger Things, literally following week. Then uh, Better Call Saul, Grey Man, Lakers Show. And the staircase. Right. So I went on a run of four or five months working on stuff. And I think if I didn't do anything during pandemic prior to Amsterdam, I wouldn't be able to have a run like that. Mm-hmm. But because I continued to to stay in shape, it it led me into that uh, that break that I got.
2: Most definitely, and I love how you two things. I love how you're always looking for the opportunity. You're always looking for different things to learn. And it's not something like, woe is me. It's an opportunity to take time to learn something else to help build your resume. And another opportunity to flex your creative muscle. And I mean, you doing all that stuff back to back, I mean, that really shows the dedication and commitment you have to this craft. Because like you said, a lot of people were either not working. working or barely working, maybe booking one or two things and not even trying to do anything else, not trying to pick up a camera and film themselves or just trying to, you know, like I said, flex that creative muscle. But kudos to you, man, because like I said, we're all about positivity and re-encouragement. And I think a lot of listeners, a lot of our listeners are going to really enjoy this interview because they're seeing that Everything is an opportunity. You don't have to sit down and think that it's a failure. You can always look at the positive side and keep moving forward. And that's so important.
1: And yeah, and that, you know, it's it's a, we talk about all the time that there are so many things in life that happen that you have no control over, right? Pandemic, nobody had any control. Nobody knew it was coming. Nobody, but life is either good or bad depending on the decisions that you make it's like this situation you had no control over but how you deal with that situation you have total control over and you chose to make it a positive instead of a negative you chose to say I'm not going to let this thing make me sit on the couch and woe is me I'm going to go after it and I'm going to keep doing what I can do and I'm going to come out of it better and I think that's the best advice anybody can get it's like you decide whether this thing that you can't control is good or bad because you control how you deal with it, and you did a fantastic example of the way to do it right. Right? Just look at the positive and go. I'm doing this, and th- so I'll give yeah. You another
0: positive. I'll give you another positive regarding Amsterdam, and, and it's a kind of uh, story I never I never said before, but I feel like it, it aligns to what we're talking about. So it, it was in the middle of pandemic. It was February 2021, and uh, like I said, a lot of people were just staying at home, and and I. I kind of felt like this could be there are opportunities out there because mm. they start they started filming, and if you somehow make yourself useful, there will be opportunities out there just because of COVID, because of restrictions, because of the fact that uh, they're limiting number of people on set and, and so on and so on. Like I'll tell you, I'll tell you honestly, I went initially to the set of Amsterdam to be to help with German. Oh wow! Like, yeah. I and I was doing a good job helping, helping one of the actresses. She really liked me and I was helpful. And she called David and David asked me, can you, t- oh, you're my German guy. Can you tell me in German, Tom Brady is the greatest football player of all time. <laughs> and I said, in German, exactly that. And he's like, you're hired. And he put me in the scene that was initially just, uh, just pretty much for a reference. Mm-hmm. But when he asked me to give off camera, action towards and it was filmed a little bit differently than you saw in the final, in the final footage because initially it was before the speech mm-hmm. so you have like Christian Bale Anya taylor Joy Rami Malik, and Robert De Niro and Robert De Niro is about to give the speech and then they see me and other guys under the stage and he is asking who those guys are and, and then we start screaming off camera mm-hmm. at them. and I'm like wait a second there's Robert De Niro, there's Christian Bell. there's Rami Malek, Anya taylor and Margot Robbie too, and, and uh, Mike Myers was behind. I'm going to use that as an opportunity to really show that I can act. Exactly. Yeah. Hell I yeah, went you went are. <laughs> I went 150% rage,
1: <laughs> oh. and guess
0: what, David sell that, flip the cameras, and decided, okay, now we're going to do. Now we're going to show show this guy and, and his friends and then huh this is interesting because he, and i saw he was on the day two i saw that he's doing a lot of improv a lot of coming up with new lines telling people what to do so so then he's like uh-huh this kind of works let's make them yell at each other let's bring chris rock and david washington and have like a battle and and have a fight after that and, and create all the havoc and, and chaos so, so it all pretty much uh, came out of um, pure improvisation and I just shot my shot, being um, kind of, you know,
1: yeah.
0: uh, out of the script, it wasn't in the script, I just shot my shot and, and some, somehow he, he liked it and he, he kept it and he, I was on set for a week after that and there was another guy who played one of the patients that was booked for a day they kept him for 20 days we are friends now wow. so there were opportunities there were opportunities you know that david david gave, gave those chances to people that he saw like they can bring something some value to the project by being unique mm-hmm. that's right and sometimes you know sometimes that's what you need to do to do, to go like an extra step extra mile like listen this is my opportunity i'm gonna i'm gonna take a risk i'm gonna go overboard maybe a little bit but I'm I'm going to try. It. Yeah. Let's see what happens.
1: Well, it, it, and to bring it full circle back to your sports days, right? So many of the greats, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, all of them. What what are they always saying? You miss every shot you don't take. So <laughs> if you've got the opportunity, you see those guys, you fucking take the shot,
0: right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and and after after that happened, you know, I got my contract and I, you know, I did the film and I you know, I still have that uh call sheet from the last day that is uh, that is you know always whenever i have any doubts i look at that call sheet. that i'm like okay i belong to this right anyway, yes yeah exactly so, so that gave me extra confidence to book to book like from auditions to book you know stranger things better call Saul, staircase and all those other things because it, it was like a, a game changer for me in not, not in terms of the way i'm being seen by casting directors or producers but for me internally for mm-hmm. my own assessment of myself as an actor that was a breaking point in terms of like i can really do this
2: most you definitely know, mine
0: and just this exactly. i don't have to think like oh maybe you know maybe i can only have a little bit of a career no i can have a career
1: i, I love
2: that. yeah man you're making it happen i'm just saying like and i mean going back to thinking about you know the country and coming over here you're literally the definition of the american dream
1: oh for sure like
2: you came over here and you just took it by storm you're literally breaking into the entertainment industry and killing it making connections taking chances not staying inside of a tiny little box kudos to you man i mean this is very (laughs) inspiring so i really appreciate you taking out some time of your evening and just coming on the show and getting crazy with this because your experiences specifically are going to help that next person break into the entertainment industry so we cannot thank you enough for that
0: Oh, thank you, thank you so much. And you know, listen, it's it's about uh, each uh, person's uh, personal path. You know, mm-hmm. like you cannot compare your you know like your experience to other actors' experience. Everybody is is different. Everybody has a their own unique way. So it's like the common mistake that people sometimes do in this business is they're comparing like, oh, I'm not at the Brad Pitt level. I'm not right. at the Tom Cruise level. Well, you know, there's one Tom Cruise, there's one Brad Pitt, but there's also one Mike Johnson, one uh, whatever. Uh, exactly, uh, Christian uh, uh, Smith. Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. <laughs> from Maryland from Maryland. There's also only one.
2: That's right. I love that though. And again, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. And you know, it's all about social media now. So, where can people follow you?
0: So I'm on Instagram, Martin sla- underscore Harris La.
1: Oh, fantastic. Fan- Easy enough. <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly. We'll be sure to direct everybody your way. And again, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. Open invite. Anytime you ever want to come back on, just reach out and you got an open well, slot, well, man. you well,
0: well, It was It was so much fun talking to you guys. And, uh, and a thank you for all the kind words that you said. Of well, of
1: thank you for all the kind words and all the inspiration. Like I said, everybody does have to follow their own path, but I think you have inspired them to do that, right? You might be that one person that made somebody today that hears this interview decide to do it. And it doesn't get any better than that, man.
0: Yeah, man. And, and, and listen, you know, if someone decides to do it, you know, they have to understand it's not an easy path. And and if they expect like instant ratification, uh, that 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 might happen, that might not happen. You know, it's, it's exactly. not about that. It's, it's all about you know, trying to get better and trying to, um, just get stuff done.
2: Exactly. Completely agree. Completely agree. Well, listen, take care. And, uh, we'll be talking to you soon, man. Absolutely. Thank you, man. You have have a good night.
0: You too. Thank you. bye
2: -bye. Bye. Man, like I said, I he's literally the definition of the American dream.
1: Yeah, I mean he he is is like he's the prime example of how to get it done. We talk about it all the time that in life shit happens. Exactly. But you decide whether it's bad or good by what the choices that you make. And this is a guy who no matter what he lost his job, he decides to take a chance to come over here. Yep. Things didn't go the way he wants. He decides to take another chance and and talk to somebody. He sees an opportunity. He's like, "Yeah, I'm supposed to be st- under the stage but i'm fucking taking a chance and i'm gonna i'm gonna scream and holler and get seen and that's the way you do it like we talk about don't be in the comfort zone step out of that comfort zone step out of that box and take a chance and just you decide and man yeah the perfect example
2: exactly exactly thank you again Martin harris for coming on the show